Welcome to the Trinity Galewood podcast. Here you'll find teachings, sermons, discussions, and additional content all related to what's going on here at Trinity. Trinity Galewood is located at 1701 North Narragansett in Chicago, and we meet Sundays bi-weekly at 10.30 a.m. We hope you enjoy this episode of the Trinity Galewood podcast. All right, let's pray. Father, we thank you that you are a God who brings purpose and meaning to our lives. And, uh, and God, I pray that we would see that in a new way maybe today or maybe in a very old and familiar way. But may we know that you, God, are working in this world and in our lives. So may your spirit, Lord, flood this place and may we see you more clearly. It's in Jesus' name. Amen. So today, uh, we are beginning this series entitled Explore God. Just by a show of hands here, has anybody seen any like billboards or signs or anything around here? Yeah, um, this is a really cool adventure for the city of Chicago because there's something like over 500 churches today are beginning this series looking at these seven big questions. And, uh, and if you're not aware... These aren't the only seven or the only big questions that people have in life, all right? And we noticed that firsthand here at Trinity last weekend when we had over 40-something questions that were brought in, that you guys brought in here, that I would classify each and every one of them was a big question. But we are jumping into these seven because I think that they are fundamental for us and for most everybody to wrestle with. And so one of the things that we had learned last weekend from uh, some of y'all in this space is that there are some people that are here in our midst, and this is a beautiful thing to have, that might have, they're not fully bought into Christianity and who God is. And that is totally fine. And we love that you are here with us today. But I will say this, that as we explore God, I want to just lay my hand out there. I'm coming from a Christian perspective. And so as we answer these questions, this is the lens of how I view these questions to be answered. And I believe is the best way to answer these seven big questions. And so with that being said, uh, our series kicks off with Question number one, does life have a purpose? And you'll hear my response to this question, but I also want to plug here real quick that starting today and throughout the week, we have, I think it's like seven different groups that are going to be meeting, and that's going to be an opportunity for you to wrestle with this big question as well. So if you don't like something that I say, you can get in a small group and argue with them about it, all right? And if there's like an angle, man, these are just great questions for us to wrestle with as a community of people. And so today, with this question, does life have a purpose, I want to begin this way. I remember uh, very vividly my first couple of days of being a pastor here at Trinity Galewood. Uh, And I remember the first two days in particular uh, because the first day was a Sunday. 
Uh, it was a Sunday afternoon, and here's a picture of uh, that day right there. This is uh, obviously Gretchen and I and me wearing a robe with our three kids. This was about two and a half years ago. I believe it was in July, was it? Thanks, babe. All right. July, first day, it was my ordination Sunday, the day that I had received this call to begin a church in this very building. Some of you were actually here. It was so hot. It was like 95 degrees in here. Everybody was sweating, but it was a beautiful day, all right? And I remember not having any responsibility. They didn't make me preach a sermon, do a Bible study, anything like that. All I had to do was show up, wear that fancy outfit, and eat some cake afterwards. It was great. But then I also remember my second day on the job, which was the next day, Monday, and if you don't know, we were gifted this beautiful space and building, but, but we didn't have really any people that were involved with it. So I woke up about like, I don't know, 7.30 in the morning, decided to come in at 9 because that seems like a responsible hour, showed up, went into the office over there, thought about cleaning some things, and I was like, man, I don't have a sermon to prepare because we didn't have Sunday services going on. I didn't have any like Bible study that I had to get ready for. I honestly like was like, well, I don't want to like clean because I could do that later on this week. Procrastination is one of my finest suits. And, uh, and so I decided to clock out at 10 a.m. <laughs> I went home. I legit mowed my yard because I didn't know what to do. Thought about it for a little bit. And I was like, then I felt guilty about mowing the lawn. And then I came back up here. And I had one of these moments at about like 10.30 in the morning where I was on my knees and I started praying because that seemed like the logical thing to do. And was just like, all right, God, you brought me here. I just completed four years of grad school. In St. Louis, I'd uprooted my family. We were living in Knoxville, Tennessee at the time. And then we moved everybody to St. Louis and then ultimately came here. I had this crazy feeling that I was called to plant a church in an urban context. And now I was feeling the weight of what that actually looked like and meant. And, and I don't know if you have these moments in times, I certainly do, but times where I have a season of where I just step back and I start asking some really big questions. Generally, they come in times of anxiety. Like, all right, what am I supposed to do now? And then I start asking a bigger question of like, well, well is it actually gonna work? And then I start thinking like, well, what's the purpose of any of this anyways? And I think it's important for us to understand that this question, does life have a purpose, comes in times where we can step back and be anxious about what the next thing is. The reality is, is that most of our life is not filled with this question. We don't wake up every day and ask the question, what is the meaning of life or does life have a purpose? But when we do, the answer to that question is very heavy and it determines 
and dictates how we spend our time, who we spend it with, the resources that we have. What do I do with those things? This question is incredibly fundamental to us as humans. Throughout history, many people have asked this question. In fact, a Russian philosopher, a guy named Leo Tolstoy, he said this. He said, then what is life for? To die? To kill myself at once? No, I am afraid. To wait for death till it comes. I fear that even more. Then I must live. But what for? In order to die? That's a really uplifting message. Thanks, Leo. Or Ernest Hemingway said this one time. He said, life is just a dirty trick, a short journey from nothingness to nothingness. Imagine that for some, life isn't seen with any kind of purpose. But, but these questions of purpose don't, don't just come in times of anxiety or fear. I think they also come in times of, of great triumph as well. Uh, a guy named, I don't know if anybody knows who this is, Tom Brady, uh, he's playing this afternoon. Uh, if you don't know, he is a football player, and we should talk afterwards if you don't know that, all right? Uh, but Tom Brady is a quarterback for the New England Patriots. He's won five Super Bowls. He's exceeded every expectation that has been put out before him. He's drafted 199th in his draft class, which is not very high, all right? And, uh, and he's won five Super Bowls. He's been in uh, multiple, like, Pro Bowls. He's known as one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. And he is married, literally, to a supermodel. This guy, by the standard of some people, would say is winning in life in many different ways. But even Tom Brady, a couple years ago, was on 60 Minutes and he was being interviewed, and it was right after they had won their third Super Bowl. And Tom Brady was talking about, like, he was listening to all of these achievements that the interviewer was talking about, listing off all the things that you've done in your life. And Tom's response, in the midst of all of those achievements, was this statement. God, there has to be more than this. That even in the midst of all of my triumph, there has to be more than this. And, and human beings, we wrestle with this question. We try to find meaning and purpose. And the American psychologist, a guy named Roy Baumeister, he's, he wrote this book years ago that was entitled The Four Meanings of Life. This is so important. He's not writing from a Christian perspective. He's writing from what he sees about human beings, no matter where you live or what culture you come from. And Roy says this, we have to answer these four questions to understand the meaning of life. The first one is this, what is your identity? Who, am, who are you? Who am I? To understand the purpose of life, I have to know my identity. 
He says, secondly, I have to know my value. What am I worth? What is my value? Third, he says, we have to know our purpose. For meaning to come in life, I must know why I am here. And lastly, he writes that I have to know my agency. Can I make a difference? If I had not lived, would the world be any different? And I love these four questions because these are all great questions. You can see here today, we're wrestling with one of those questions about purpose, but we're looking at the larger picture of what brings meaning. Each one of these four is big and complex. And I would argue that each of us have or will wrestle with these four questions. I want to add one more person into the list of speaking into this. It's not Tolstoy or Hemingway or Brady, but it is a guy who had seen much success and fame. A person in the Bible whose name is Solomon. Solomon was known as uh, a great king. In fact, he was the third king of Israel. He was rich and powerful. And in Solomon's reign, when he was in charge of the kingdom, he built the kingdom to its greatest geographical extension and material prosperity. What I mean by that is Solomon was successful by the worldly standards. His fame had spread throughout the region and area. People would come and ask his opinion on things. Solomon, who lived over 3,000 years ago, 1,000 years before Jesus, wrote 3,000 proverbs, which were wise advice sayings about the meaning of life and how we should live. And in one of those writings... He writes this book known as Ecclesiastes. It's a tough word to say, but what it means is teacher or the quester. And in these 12 chapters, Solomon walks through his own quest. He writes this at the end of his life. It's almost a memoir to a group of people that as you are questing, I want you to see this journey that I have been on. I have had and seen the highest of highs and even the lowest of lows. It's fascinating because if you read through it, he points out a couple of things that we need to learn from him about in Ecclesiastes 1.18, he says this, for in much wisdom is much vexation or frustration. And he who increases knowledge increases sorrow. Solomon goes to say that the meaning of life is not just found in acquiring more knowledge. Continues on in Ecclesiastes 2, he says, I made great works. I built houses and planted vineyards for myself. I made myself gardens and parks and planted in them all kinds of fruit trees. 
I made myself pools from which to water the forests of growing trees. And then I considered all that my hands had done and the toil I had expended in doing it. And behold, all was vanity. All was smoke, striving after wind. And there was nothing to be gained under the sun. Solomon says that life's meaning and purpose is not found in just acquiring more knowledge and it's not found in stuff or possessions or the things that we do. Continues, he says in Ecclesiastes 5, that he who loves money will not be satisfied with money, nor he who loves wealth with his income, that this also is Vanity is smoke. Solomon is walking through all of these things for us to listen and learn from. But Solomon isn't cruel in his writing because he doesn't leave this as like some sort of unsolved mystery. I mean, how much would it just stink if Solomon is just like, life isn't all of these things, good night. <laughs> now Solomon gets to the end of his writing. And in chapter 12, he states that the meaning of life has purpose in it. He says this in Ecclesiastes 12, he says, the end of the matter All has been heard. Fear God and keep his commandments. For this is the whole duty of man. For God will bring every deed into judgment with every secret, whether good or evil. Solomon's response to does life have a purpose is absolutely. It has a purpose, and that comes with this understanding of right relationship with God and to take seriously and do what he has asked us to do. Maybe you heard these words that Matt was reading in, in Matthew chapter 6. I love them. They're words of Jesus thousands of years later, giving a much better sermon that you will ever hear here in Matthew 6. Jesus says, of all of the things of the world, it's not worth worrying about all of those things. He says, just as pointing back to Solomon, that that all the fields have been brought and were beautiful, they're not worth worrying about and finding our purpose in. But he says, seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously. Be in right relationship with God. And do the things that he asks us to do. And he will give you everything you need. See, God would say the answer to the question is, does life have purpose? Is simply yes. But it's not about money and stuff and knowledge. But instead, it's about a relationship with the God who created everything. 
And it's not that like I have to like make the first move to like establish this relationship with God, but instead God himself has said that I'm taking the first step. I'm coming into this world. I'm not leaving it as it is, but instead Jesus would take on flesh, the God-man, and walk into our world to bring purpose and meaning to you and me to establish a right relationship with him. The bottom line is that Jesus is challenging people to seek first God's kingdom, saying then that the rest of life will have meaning and will have purpose. And I know for myself that when I hear that statement, it's like, hey, thanks, that's really easy for me to get, to understand. But oftentimes it's hard because we can live as practical atheists. We can live in a world that is just like, I know some things about what God says, but the the stress that comes in my life The reality is that this just leads me into places of anxiety and fear all the time. And and I look at my calendar and I'm consumed with all of these things that seem to be pulling me away from seeking God's kingdom. And if that's you today, I would offer this. To look at the wisdom of the quester, Solomon, the one who had everything. And he would say that the meaning of life is more than just this stuff and knowledge and money. And I'd be willing to bet that as I've been there before, at the end of people's lives, they're not listing off all the great things that they wish they would have done, but instead looking forward to the life that is to come as well, that is found in the hope of Jesus. So the bottom line for this is that every person on earth was created by God to know him personally. But God would say that life is meaningless without him. But with him, everything has meaning and purpose. There's a reason for all. And so to wrap up, I wanna just go to back to Bo Meister here and, and look at his four questions for the meaning of life and and how I would answer these questions from a Christian perspective because they're great questions that we need to have. Number one, the question that he asks is, who am I? To know my meaning and purpose, I have to know who I am. And and what the Bible would state and what God's God tells us is that you are created by him who has made you and loved you. God gives you your identity. That's so 
important to know that God loves you more than any mistake that you've made and more than any triumph that you've had, that your identity is a gift from him. Secondly, we talk about value. What, what am I worth? What's my value? And this is, this is fascinating. See, value is found by what you're willing to pay for something. So value is conferred by how much someone is willing to pay. So for example, my cell phone here. Like right now, if somebody were to take this from me and hold it ransom, I would pay a lot of money, not to give anybody any ideas here, I would give a lot of money to get this thing back because there's a lot of stuff in here that I don't know in my head. It has incredible value to me. But if we were in the desert and you took my cell phone and there's no like coverage or anything like that, and you were to say, all right, what are you gonna get? What are you gonna pay for this? This means nothing in the desert, but if you got some water, let's talk, right? See, the value of something is found in how much you're willing to pay for it. So the question becomes, what's the value of your life in God's eyes? Think about this for a second. What we hold to and believe is that God finds so much value in your life and in mine that he would pay an ultimate price of coming into this world that he wouldn't just stay at a distance, but that he would come here for you and me. And he wouldn't just tell us a bunch of rules and hope that we'd figure it out. But he would come and he would die. Giving up, sacrificing his life for you and me. And saying that your value is so much to him. Which leads us to the third question of why am I here? What's my purpose? In light of my identity and my value, I begin to see that my purpose is that this author, God, who's designed the world, he has made it so that I would know him and enjoy him forever. My purpose in life has great meaning to know the creator, know the one who has rescued and saved me. And lastly, my agency, can I make a difference? If I had not lived, would the world be any different? I find it interesting when coming to this question that I can't help but think of the agency of Jesus and the impact that he has had on our world. It is undeniable. One person who came, and we open up and spend all kinds of money on Christmas around his birthday. But throughout the world, right now, people are gathering and coming together because of him, the difference that he has made. And see, the crazy thing is that thousands of years later, we would carry on the words that he had said, and that you and I are agents 
of reconciliation, those who get to go into the world and announce the good news of him that God has determined to use his people to spread that message. He could have done it through some sort of secret code or a bunch of different ways or animals, but instead he decided to use you and me. And that gives us meaning and purpose in agency. And so as we answer this question, does life have a purpose? I hope that we would see that, that God in the Bible gives us great reason to say yes and that we have purpose and meaning. But it was interesting. I want to offer one more piece. This last week, uh, I got to go on a date with my wife, which is awesome. And so uh, if you don't know this, you probably do. If you've spoken to both of us, Gretchen is a lot smarter than I am. And so normally, I uh, will run some things like by her and uh, kind of broke a rule of talking about church stuff while we were on a date. And so uh, I said, babe, I just want to run some of these like thoughts by you. What do you think sticks, works, all those sorts of stuff. And, uh, and then that just led into the question of like, all right, Gretchen, what do you, what do you think? Like, um, does life have a purpose? How would you answer that question? And I thought her response was beautiful and I want to share it here this morning. She said this, purpose has to be more than something that can be taken away. Purpose has to be something has to be more than something that can be taken away. So the reality is is that our bodies can give us purpose and meaning, but that will be taken away, and I realize the older that I get, the harder it is to Make it how I want it to be. You don't have to say amen to that one, all right? <laughs> Purpose has to be more than something that can be taken away. Your job will come to an end at some point in time. You will be ending your work at some point in time. It will be taken away from you whether you want to or not. She said, our loved ones can be taken away from us which was a little hard to swallow as we were on a date. But she's right. Those that we love can be taken away as well. But your purpose, when it's defined and formed by God, is something that can never be taken away from you. When your purpose is defined and formed by God, it can't be taken away from you now or for eternity. Somebody say amen to that. And imagine if we lived in a world that woke up asking the question, does life have a purpose? And we said, yes, it is found in a God who loves me so much and has 
purpose and meaning for my life. It's not found in me doing all of this stuff or finding it in my career or making more money or becoming more popular. Imagine a world that would look at purpose and meaning as something that would seek after the kingdom of God first than seeking after our own advantage. I imagine that a world that would do that would be a world that would be filled with compassion. It would be filled with love and transparency and service and forgiveness. And it would be a world that would shift and move how we act and live here today. What I'm not saying is that all of you quit your jobs and become pastors. That's not the point. But God has given you a purpose in the very place that you are. A meaning that in every encounter and every person around you to show love and compassion because of what God has done for us. And the good news is that in the end, this is what heaven will look like. God restoring everything back to how it's supposed to be. May we find purpose and meaning in that good news. Let's pray. Father, I thank you so much that you are a God who loves and cares for us one who brings purpose and meaning in this world. And God, there are times where we think and and have these, these big questions. I pray, God, that that wouldn't be something that pushes us away from you, but, but draws us closer to you. I pray, Lord, That for those that are asking big questions about purpose and meaning in life, may we just keep leaning in to those. May we we not just get stuck in in the trap that we've seen of just knowledge and money and doing but may we find it in in you, the one who has created all things. It's all in Jesus' name. Amen.